It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 503 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is the return of Jay Magnum from the Astral series of books and stories. He's got a Kickstarter going on right now for Astral Vengeance. It's for the first issue in that series, so you're going to want to get there and support that as soon as you can. Of course, he has three other volumes already done, and it's 133 pages of terrific story of science fiction and action, and this one has a little bit of a different twist to it, which we discuss. We talk about conventions and personal appearances and how he's handling that, as well as other things in the astral universe, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. As always, please be sure to pay attention to what he's saying, and don't let my voice bother you. I'm making progress behind the scenes, but right now, it still sounds a little different, but don't let that distract you from the wonderful interview. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. What would happen if Earth was attacked by aliens called Astrals, but there were no superheroes to stop them? Well, that's what Astral is all about, but now it's time for Vengeance. Astral Vengeance. It's always a pleasure to talk with Jay Magnum from the Astral series, which is extremely successful. And uh, in fact, that's a Kickstarter going right now. It's already met your goal. How's it going, Jay? Oh, hey, yeah, Wayne, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, it's great to be here again with your listeners. Uh, yeah, things are going really good on the Kickstarter. We've been in for a little over a week now, and we've already surpassed our, our funding goal. So pretty happy about that. You got stretch goals coming? Uh, absolutely. In fact, at this point, uh, we're just about to hit the first one. So the first one is a, uh, a bookmark. Cool. Cool. Well, let me read the description that's on, on the Kickstarter campaign. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, it says, uh, the story from the edges of heaven to the depths of hell, an old fiend from beyond the grave commanding an army of demonic undead swears vengeance on, is it Lila? Or Lila. Lila. It's Lila. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, Lila. Against Lila and the Astrals, but with the scheming architects plotting revenge of their own, can Lila and her remaining human allies stop the horrific beast from devouring Earth, or will their plague of evil infect the entire galaxy? Which is great. Now, if you go on uh, Kickstarter, it's Astral Vengeance. Like Correct. Let's go yeah. there and do mm-hmm. that. So, uh, let's see. How long did it take to get your goal, by the way? Uh, I believe we reached it in about six days, so not quite a week. That's good. That's great. There's that, that, those kinds of things. Now, as we're talking, of course, the, people always get mad I don't say this soon enough. Uh, the project will only be funded if you reach your goal, which you already have, by Friday, October 15 at 11 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Correct. Yeah. So now we're into the good part. This is where the, the fun uh, stretch goals happen and all kinds of things are possible. So I think that's really great. So it's called Astral Vengeance issue one, sci-fi action, horror slash thriller. So, mm-hmm. yep. and based on the, the previous books, I'm excited. Now this is the first issue of the fourth volume, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so that'll be good. Cause now are you going to do that? Is that the way you've done it in the past individual issues or have you done trades? 
Uh, primarily, we have done trades. Uh, mm-hmm. So for the first three, which were uh, really designed as graphic novels, uh, Astral Genesis, Astral Evolution, and Astral Alliance, uh, they were all initially published as uh, graphic novels, 120-page uh, graphic novels. But uh, on this one, on the new uh, adventure, uh, we have gone to uh, issues, comic book issues. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a reason for that? Yeah, there is. Uh, it's just that I I really want to get more astral material to people quicker. And okay. uh, the graphic novels are great, but they take years to develop. Yeah. Right. So we uh, doing it this way, doing the issues, uh, we can have a couple, maybe three Kickstarters going per year and kind of getting the issues out, uh, pipelined out to people. So uh, it's just a way to get more material out quicker, and uh, mm-hmm. that way people don't have to wait years. And then, you know, the other side of it, too, is it gives me an opportunity to work with a lot of other uh, really cool creators, and, and we'll get into this a little bit, uh, but to do variant covers, right? Which I can do <laughs> right. a lot more variant covers with issues uh, than I can with graphic novels. Right. And then, of course, beyond that, uh, so with comic book issues, 22-page, uh, 24-page, uh, ours are 24-page, mm-hmm. uh, the grading services, PGX, uh, CB. CBCS, um, CGC, uh, they will uh, slab comic books. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that uh, CGC, I believe, is the only one that actually slabs thicker books like graphic novels. So, like, mm-hmm. if I wanted to slab any of the previous Astral uh, books, I would have to go CGC. But uh, since we're going to issues now, um, people out there, collectors, uh, would have the ability to go to any of the three major comic grading services and you know signature series is very popular so you know i do that i go to the conventions and i can sign them in front of the uh the the grading service representatives and they can do like a gold label or whatever signature series Mm -hmm. so that's another reason we're doing it too because comic books are easier to uh and facilitate you know the grading services yeah it believe me it, it makes a difference if they're graded and if they're, uh, see, I always, I always get a kick when, when people get them and they want to read the book after they get it slabbed. And I'm like, well, you got to buy another one for that. You don't want to pull the thing apart. It doesn't go back together very nicely. So you've got to, you've got to get <laughs> yeah, two of them uh, to read. Exactly. And so we've kind of structured the Kickstarter that way. So uh, the, the tiers for our print comic books for Astral Vengeance issue one are in fact sets of two. So you get, you know, one that's more collectible. So most of the levels that we have uh, for uh, the variant covers at the basic level have the, the regular titled version with the, uh, you know, the Astral uh, Vengeance logo. And then you get a copy without the logo, which in the industry they call it, you know, a virgin cover because it's virgin art. You haven't laid any uh, copy or text or names over top of it or logos. <laughs> so uh, so th- that was our thinking exactly. So you get one as a, you know, quote, unquote, reader copy, right? And then uh, in, in this case, probably the titled version. And then you've got like your virgin copy, which is more collectible. We're printing less of those. And those are the ones that you can take to the conventions and we'll sign them and you can get signature series and all that good stuff so you're unique in the fact that you want people to read your comic rather than just slab it (laughs) well i'd certainly prefer it and and, you know i would also mention too uh so with as we've done in the past with astral genesis astral evolution astral alliance there are digital versions of astral vengeance issue one that will come along with you know like if you uh, if you back or pledge for a physical comic book you'll get a digital version as well so that you know could 
stand-in to be your reader copy if you like reading it on uh, on your computer screen. And then if you wanted to, and I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas here, don't go crazy with it, but uh, you could potentially even slab both of them, you know, both that you get in your reward tier set and mm-hmm. you can still read the digital so yeah mm-hmm. but to answer your question yeah i mean the, the astral comic books and graphic novels are have always been about you know the story and the reading mm-hmm. and the characters it's a very uh, character-based and very relatable series mm-hmm. so to answer your question yeah I, I mean i i really want people to uh, to read the stories and and be happy with the stories and let me know what they think about the stories because I know so many people who buy the books, and then the next step after the store is to get to CGC and get them slabbed. And I'm like, well, what did you think of the book? Well, I, I can't read it, of course, because it's slabbed. I'm like, well, <laughs> good for you. But the bad news is, is you know, the whole point of a comic is that you get to read the thing, you know? So I, sure. I'm always, how, how do you know something's really good or going to be valuable if you don't get to read the story and get to understand why people want to have these copies. So I, I, I'm grateful that when I hear people like you wanting to get people to read it and focusing on getting readers, I'm always thrilled about that because I just think that there's just too many people who, you know, believe in the CGC thing. And I, I do know some creators, though, if you take a book to them, they will look at it and go, is this for CGC? And they go, yeah, well, I'm not signing it. They want them to read the book. So I, I – wow. You know, I am all for reading the book because that's how I grew up reading. I read these books and I got to enjoy them. And I just think that people need to, I, I really think you've got to do those kinds of things. You know, what's the point of having people buy a book if you don't read it? You know, if, <laughs> you know, are we just going to print them and then just turn them over to CGC, you know, immediately? I, I don't think that's the way to make a comic book or to make a, a, a an industry that's going to be something that people will enjoy. I just don't. I don't like that because what happens if you f- actually get to the book and you open it up and then there's a printing error and there's all the pages are blank inside. Uh, well, I, I hope that CGC would catch something like that. I, I hope uh, so. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's true. And, and you know, there are really a couple of different markets. I mean, there is that market out there that of uh, people that just like to collect covers, you know, uh, for whatever reason. And, and nothing against that. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, that's one market that we definitely want to uh, cater some of our products to. And for example, I'm going to just give one, you know, out of the current uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. So Bill Walco, who is the guy uh, you probably know, Bill, uh, he does the hero business uh, on online mm-hmm. uh, comic mm-hmm. strip series and, and he has done a couple of kickstarters actually i, I believe uh, just this past week he launched uh his kickstarter for his third and final volume uh of collected uh strips uh, online strips for the hero business mm-hmm. so definitely get out there and look at bill's uh, project as well but uh mm-hmm. bill did a, a cover for us a variant cover uh of um homage to vintage comic uh, Amazing Spider-Man 129, which is, of course, everyone knows that's the first appearance of the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, you know, when I was displaying it uh, as a promotional thing, uh, people were private messaging me and stuff, and hey, how can I get this cover? So, you know, I know people collect stuff just for covers, and that's okay. You know, I have nothing against it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like, you know, the other uh, tier reward tiers we have, uh, the Bill Walco level, you get two books, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, there's no variant. Uh, there's no uh, titled and, and, and virgin uh, version of them. Uh, you just get two, but it's the same thing. You get one to read and you get one to go take to uh, CGC if you want to do that. So, I mean, nothing against that. I mean, if that's oh, no. something people do. Uh, no, they, they certainly help the market. Because like yeah, when sure. the, the book that I was helping with, Savvy Bunny, uh, the collector suddenly decided, holy smoke and that was not the word that people used uh, uh, we got to have those books and they literally you know went from store to store getting every copy they could and so stabity bunny became the first early issues were very hard to find and man these people just of course they slabbed them immediately and they got onto ebay and stuff like that and they're going for hundreds of dollars there was a set of like one through nine i think it was and it sold for a couple thousand dollars and i we were like <gasps> what <laughs> yeah stabby bunny that's that's richard rivera right that's right that's okay yeah yeah I, I know richard he's a good guy yeah. I, I enjoy his series but yeah uh, definitely uh, what you said uh, it can get a little crazy it can get a, lot, a little bit out of hand sometimes yeah. with that stuff so well, okay, sure. see, I, i'm the other direction I, I i dan doherty who does a book called touching evil it's about a woman who has a curse, and if she touches anybody physically who is evil, they they die, and their spirit goes into her, um, not consciousness, but like her, her, her I don't know. Like life they, force they, or something? Well, they live in, in her memory or something like that. Oh, so a whole bunch of all the people who died interacting in this thing, not in her conscious mind, but in her subconscious, I guess. Oh, and so I love that book. I'm fascinated by it. I I, I actually supported the first hardcover he did, and I forgot all about it. And I moved, and I guess it came to my house after I moved, and I, I didn't. And then when I later came back to it, I said, "You know, this book is so familiar to me." But the the and I I looked and there I was in the in the in the list of people who had contributed. But the interesting thing was I I was so anxious to read the story. I saw him out at Seattle and I said to him, "What do I have to do to get a copy of the book?" He said, "Well, you know, I gotta really work for the collectors. You know, I gotta give them the good copy." I said, "Well, give them all the good copies. You got a copy that has all the pages, and I don't care if it's been sat on or what." Just if you'll send it to me so I can read the story, that's all I care. And he, he sent me one that was rather beat up, but that was that was okay. <laughs> I got to read the story. I was happy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm that way about it. I really believe in the story time because how do you know that a book is worth something if you don't if you don't read the story? For sure. So for sure. That's, what, that's why your books, I highly encourage people, get the books. That's why I want hardcovers. I ordered, I think, the hardcovers, and they haven't come yet. Yep. But I'm looking forward to them. When they get here, I'm patiently waiting. They'll they'll come, and when they do, I'll be happy to have them. So, yeah, it's and, funny you should mention that. They're actually starting to ship out now, so you should have yours uh, real soon, probably within the next week. And, of course, what happened there was uh, we got some shipping delays because of yeah. uh, the uh, uh, malady, which cannot be named. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's uh, wrecking havoc with um, – the uh, employees and staffing levels of the shipping services. Mm. So we did get the hardcovers in finally, got them a little bit late. So they're shipping out a bit late, but uh, yeah, they're shipping out. So everybody will have those. It'll um, be worth the wait. I can't wait to get them. I'm really looking forward. Now I've got to ask about this. Is this the Bill Walco stuff? The galaxy gal? 
Uh, well, so uh, he did the artwork for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's called Galaxy Gal, and the girl is blonde where Lila yep. is, is mm-hmm. dark-haired. So is that a version of her, or is this another person? Who is this? Well, so, right. So that's sort of part of what we're doing here. Let me explain a little bit about that. So okay. uh, anyone who's read the series, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, even going back to uh, to the very first uh, book we did, uh, the very first graphic novel, uh, Astral Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, I introduced Galaxy Gal as the comic within a comic. Mm. So that's what it is. Mm. So Galaxy Gal is is a comic book series within uh, the astral verse, right? Ah, so okay, like gotcha. there, there there are comic books that the characters Galaxy Gal comic books that the uh, the characters within the astral series pick up and read from time to time. <laughs> and so what I wanted to do with this one is uh, a couple of things. Uh, the the pages. So we have a, a Galaxy Gal intro, which is the first few pages of the Astro Vengeance issue one. Mm-hmm. So it, it serves twofold, really. It's it's to introduce uh, the character of, of Galaxy Gal and build her out a little bit because we've only just seen her here and there and mentioned a little bit within the, the previous three books. Mm-hmm. And it's also to... Uh, uh, kind of show off, you know, the art style and, mm-hmm. and kind of try it out and, and see how it goes. And if, if people, you know, really warm up to Galaxy Gal, then, you know, that might be something that we think about uh, mm-hmm. giving her her own issue in the future, uh, mm-hmm. somewhat of a potential spinoff. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, we've never really done any uh, dedicated pages to uh, Galaxy Gal, but it's a, the series, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I envisioned it uh, years ago when we did, like I said, Astral Genesis. And, of course, it was just kind of uh, very high, uh, at a high level. We didn't really ever dig deep into the characters because you didn't have to. But mm-hmm. over the years, I started thinking, well, you know, your your mind just goes to, to interesting places sometimes. And I kept on thinking, well, who who is Galaxy Gal? And what, what does all that mean? You know, and what mm-hmm. if it really was a comic, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a little blurb, I think, uh, on the Kickstarter page. But uh, uh, as my brain built out the Galaxy Gal universe, it uh, gives us a, a chance to get a little more, more wackier with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Galaxy Gal, I envisioned it as like a series that started in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see uh, some of the artwork that Bill's done for it. You can see out there on the, the Kickstarter page. And he did a very... Not late 1960s-esque, you know, artwork mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we sort of um, visualized the design for Galaxy Gal to be like uh, Emma Peel-ish, you know, <laughs> fun and, and mod and late 60s type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and and we get a chance to be really, uh, like I said, wacky and over the top and mm-hmm. campy. And, you know, the villain's name is Dr. Deathbeam, and he goes around <laughs> blowing up planets. So... It's kind of like a crazy, weird Jetsons, uh, Flash Gordon kind of, you know, thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is really a lot of fun. And we had never really done anything like that. Y- you can't really do anything like that in in the Astroverse itself mm-hmm. because Astral is so grounded. And, and I think mm-hmm. that it's a good thing because it makes it relatable to people. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had a chance to kind of get a little crazy with the uh, mm-hmm. the Galaxy Gal stuff. So you know, some up. of the stuff I recognize. I tell you how old I am. If you look at the cover, there's a checkerboard 
Yep, check. Across the top. Checks. That's what DC did back in the 60s, that right after the Batman show went off yep. the air. They did that. And, of course, you got the Comics Code Authority mm-hmm. symbol, the Pet Piranha comics this is symbol is symbol, uh, is resembling the uh, DC one. Sure. So all kinds of fun little th- – and, and the layout is very similar. So Yeah, really and, like and also the uh, you see what Bill did there with the um, the Galaxy Gal logo. Mm-hmm. It's in those kind of shimmery, uh, yeah. wavy type of uh, typeface that got used on a lot of stuff back then, like Lost mm-hmm. in Space. And mm-hmm. So he did a really good job. I mean, Bill does really good with period stuff. That's why he was uh, ideal for uh, these pages that we did. And uh, what's really cool is uh, what you'll see in the in the comic book when you finally get it is mm-hmm. we've got an aging filter, right, that makes it look mm-hmm. like it's uh, whatever, um, yellowed, mildewed, whatever, right? <laughs> uh, so the pages, when they are, are actually um, – come out in the comic book mm-hmm. they'll look like you know vintage 1960s oh, comic pages gotcha. so that adds a really nice effect to everything and it, it uh, fits with all the period stuff and it's great do you ever read supreme supreme used to do that but they had older stuff that yeah, was supposed to be in the yeah. comics they would they would make it kind of a yellowish yeah yeah that's right paper i do remember it. that now yeah for sure that was kind of fun now the the thing i have to make made me smile the most was the price 12 cents <laughs> I, a real 1960s price <laughs> yes i bought many comics for 12 cents i remember that price so i when i saw that i had to smile i said oh man that is so. I remember those days. I remember going to supermarkets and and pharmacies and buying comics on their little magazine stands, which you don't see anymore. But I, I that that just brought back a lot of memories to me. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, it's really nostalgic, and we can have some fun. And you know, we have some fun even building out the uh, the Galaxy Gal universe. So, you know, it's the title is Galaxy Gal, and mm-hmm. the character's name is Commander Gal Gallant. So GG. And so when we say galaxy gal, it's, you know, could be a reference like a fifties reference to, you know, female, right. Gal. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, gal is her name. So mm-hmm. there you go, there you go. of course, I like play, fem- play on words. You know, me and female leads. I, I love a female lead. So when I saw that was a female lead, I thought that was a little bit of today's sensibility into the older comics. I don't, were there actually many? I don't remember many comics that have female lead back in that era. Yeah, Not I don't either. Uh, and I think that's kind of how we can have some fun with that. You know, mm-hmm. if we move forward with it in any detail, I mean, we mm-hmm. could potentially take the angle to, com- you know, make commentary on, uh, I don't know, uh, the 60s roles of, of women versus today. <laughs> you could get, you know, get into that. But, you know, really, the, the first and foremost, uh, the idea behind Galaxy Gal is to have fun with it and to have the kind of over-the-top, campy uh, fun uh, that we – it just wouldn't be appropriate or wouldn't be able to get it into uh, the Astroverse proper, right? Because right. Astral tends to be, like I said, more grounded. It tends to deal with uh, more complex issues, uh, more gravity, certainly, if you oh, – yeah. Pardon the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the the pun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much more realistic. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. we we leave the, uh, the the fun stuff and the over the top stuff. Uh, we can leave that. We we can actually do that, you know, with the the Galaxy Gal comic. Yeah, which is fun. I mean, you want to yeah. do those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I don't mind. Every once in a while, I see somebody put out an homage comic, 
and I buy it and I read it and I have a laugh. You know, I enjoy it very much because, I, you know, I enjoyed those days. That's what got me reading. And, you know, the thing that's, that's so interesting to me, I often tell the story. The first book I ever read was a Batman annual that was in the basement of our house. Somebody had bought it and it was downstairs away from everything else. And I picked it up and, you know, Frank Miller said when he opened up a Batman book, he fell in. And that was my experience. I was no longer in my basement. I was in, he was in England and he had built a, uh, like a glider thing that he flew around this castle trying to monitor it and stuff like that with this glider on his back. And I was just like, oh, wow, look at that. (laughs) You know, and I just, to this day, I I still remember that, that moment when I saw that. And I, that's, you know, I, I agree with Frank Miller. I fell into the book, and I have still been in there in my whole life. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know a lot of people feel that way. And, and like I said, this, uh, including a, a, an intro, a few uh, pages at the beginning of Astral Vengeance uh, to dedicate uh, to, to Galaxy Gal. We're having a lot of fun with that. But you know, one, that's kind of sort of litmus test of how would galaxy gal do if we did a dedicated comic mm-hmm. i've had a couple of people message me you know through the kickstarter and stuff and say uh, so what is this galaxy gal and you know are you going to do like kind of like you said you're kind of asking are you going to do a dedicated comic and mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. to gauge the interest and, and there has been a lot of interest so mm-hmm. uh, i'm really uh, glad to see that so i mean i'm feeling more and more like maybe what we ought to do is do a uh, a Kickstarter campaign and Indiegogo maybe next year for mm-hmm. uh, like a Galaxy Gal issue one mm-hmm. or something like that. That might be fun. See, knowing how you do Astral, if you did that smartly, and I'm sure you would, I think there's an audience for it. I really do. It may not be as big as Astral, but I think you could still you know, make a few shekels with it and, you know, and have some fun. That certainly seems, seems to be. I mean, like I said, the people – uh, messaging me, uh, people are there's definitely interest in it. So, I mean, if I stuck it out there on Kickstarter, I'm sure it would get pledges. Not sure how many. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, not sure if it would be mainly uh, the people like us, Wayne, in our, in our age bracket, who remember the <laughs> 60s and 70s would be mm-hmm. the ones going for that, or whether it would appeal to a younger audience. I, I think maybe it, it has to do somewhat with the art style, too. I don't know that 100% if we'd stick with the 60s style or, or go with something you know, in between or a little bit more modern or something, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to appeal to the, the younger crowd, but uh, mm-hmm. these are things to think about uh, maybe for next year if we decide to do something uh, like that. Well, I always appreciate people who take a chance like that. I think that's wonderful. Now, what important things we should mention too, because I, I've already signed up and pledged for the first issue, but I already have the three previous volumes and there's mm-hmm. one's astral genesis number two is astral evolution number three is astral alliance right. and they're all great books and you can get those books as part of this campaign which is a great thing to do uh, if you have not for some reason been able to to get the books and read them i, I think you're going to really enjoy them because they're just terrific action adventure kind of stories great characters lots of development going on and I just think it's a great book that I think uh, – I, I don't care your age. I think you're going to really enjoy the book because there's lots of good things going on. Uh, little too young might be too young, but uh, I think uh, teenager and above, I think, are going to really enjoy this action-adventure type story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree. And uh, like I said, it, it is a very grounded, relatable, uh, character-driven, character-based uh, series. And the characters are very different. Uh, they're, uh, you know, such that uh, they – 
and some of them kind of get thrown into the situation, like, you know, Lila, she's the uh, astral human hybrid who started off as one of the enemy. And we have Devane, who's kind of a down and out loser, but, you know, he always figures out the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have Jeannie, and she's the, the smart academic type. And we have Rob, who's the uh, uh, kind of the, uh, the Russian hacker, you know, mm-hmm. kind of does the underground thing. And then uh, in evolution, we get introduced to Angelica, who is the uh, a deaf, um, rebellious daughter uh, of Jeannie. And, and she's a, a, quite a hellraiser, uh, despite not being able to uh, hear or speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the point is the characters are very different. And, and because they are very different, they have different ways of approaching situations. And, you know, it leads to a lot of, uh, you know, bickering and whatever, right? And so you get, mm-hmm. the way I describe it to people, is you get like a Guardians of the Galaxy type vibe. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that. You know? mm-hmm. And I should say that, you know, for Vengeance, we're doing something a little different as well. You, you mentioned taking risks. Well, mm-hmm. so Vengeance isn't uh, the, your typical, it's not going to feel exactly like the previous uh, books, but I think in a good way. So we sort of mm-hmm. decided to go, and you, you read the, uh, the intro a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going down more of a like a, a horror action thriller you know kind of thing which is uh, a direction we haven't gone before but i think you're going to find it very satisfying we have a very good story for this one mm-hmm. and uh i think it's really cool to see I mean, we, we've kind of had uh you know in in the first three books the thrilogy that i call it that was mm-hmm. our our last uh, kickstarter we had the thrilogy the first three books mm-hmm. uh there's uh there are common threads between all the first three books and we're kind of taking it in a different direction with astral vengeance so give you mm-hmm. a little something different throw the characters into uh, a lot different of a situation that they've ever been in before and you know let's let's see what happens let's see how they handle it so uh, i think mm-hmm. it's going to be something people are going to want to see it's- and read <laughs> it's, it's kind of blending sci-fi action and horror, which yeah, is a good one. thing to do. Well, the Star Trek and other other science fiction have always loved to put their uh, characters through horror. Yeah, salt, and, and you know, salt creatures uh, and all that stuff. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. Let me just a quick sidebar here. Uh, so I was looking the other day, and I realized. So this this uh, podcast is probably gonna uh, end up coming out on Sunday. Is that right. that be like Sunday the twenty sixth of September? Uh, this is it. Yeah, we're recording it this Sunday. Yep. Okay, so uh, on the 26th, I was just looking up a few things, and I noticed that uh, <laughs> September 26, 2001 was when Star Trek Enterprise debuted 20 oh. years ago. And when I saw oh, that, man. I was like, you mentioned feeling old. Well, man, I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm like so old because oh, man. <laughs> that was you know, the last of the Rick Berman series, you know, and I, yeah. I still remember that stuff. Yeah. And when I was like, oh, my gosh, Star Trek Enterprise is now 20 years old, and I was like, wow. you know what? I feel really old now. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an interesting thing to me because, you know, uh, Star Trek is something that somehow is able to uh, continue even doing, you know, with with changes going on in, in, you know, fandoms and what people expect out of it. It's still... You know, there's they've got multiple shows going on. They got Picard, they got Discovery, and then they're going to have this new series, which is based back with the uh, the pre-Kirk era. And then now, and they're also doing, you know, this this uh, animated show. Yeah. And so there's all this stuff going on, and I'm always like, you know, 
And people say, oh, we like science fiction. I'm like, yeah, right. And I said, just don't look at Star Trek then because it's going to shatter your, your worldview. But this is like with, with Astral Vengeance, I think y you have a chance to shake things up a little bit. And I always enjoy that. I like to see something a little different. Sure, so sure. And I think that's going to be great. Another way that we're shaking things up a little bit, too, is we're, we're doing something a little different this time around. And uh, I think we're going to do it going forward as well with our future uh, campaigns, our future crowdfunders, which is that uh, for the first time uh, funding you know, a new book, uh, we're doing um, like when the Kickstarter completes on October 15th, a few days after that, we're going to launch an Indiegogo. And we did do one uh, for the Astral Trilogy last year, mm -hmm. but it was something that just kind of came up uh, last minute. And, hey, why don't you throw something together and we'll go out there and, and see what you know we can do just as a proving ground. How well will it do on Indiegogo? And uh, Astral did so well. We did the Trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was kind of like, a, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it was kind of like, you know, most of this uh, images and things you, you did and, and packaging uh, for uh, Kickstarter, you know, you could probably use – 90 plus percent of that and poured it over to Indiegogo and, and do it there. So I said, what the heck, let's try it. And it was a phenomenal success. And, and I want to tell you, you know, for the people who are out there that are thinking about this kind of thing, if, if you do crowdfunding on Kickstarter uh, and you're not, you know, on Indiegogo or haven't done an Indiegogo, a lot of what you're doing for Kickstarter could apply. You know, you could just easily port over like images and, and uh, you know, uh, your packaging for your tiers, uh, reward tiers and stuff like that. Uh, but we had a, it was a phenomenal success. And the way I feel like going forward, it's like if we don't also do an Indiegogo, it's like, you know, you're almost you know, leaving money on the table. But it's, it's not just the money. When we had the Indiegogo campaign going last year for the trilogy, the Astral mm -hmm. Trilogy, I had a few of the backers uh, that backed our Indiegogo campaign reach out to me via messaging and email and stuff. And, and it was like they were just like, you know, Jay, thank you. Thank you for bringing Astral to Indiegogo because for various reasons, you know, we don't do Kickstarter. Either they had been burned on Kickstarter stuff and so they, they mm -hmm. deleted their account or off of it and they only do Indiegogo or they just – Indiegogo was always the first crowdfunder they did and they never looked into Kickstarter because why are you on two platforms? Mm -hmm. and, and I was uh, surprised. I mean, like in a good way, I was like, wow, I, I never even realized that there were people that were on Indiegogo that never even maybe looked at Kickstarter and they're thanking me for bringing, you know, thank you for bringing this great series here. So, because otherwise, you know, if you hadn't brought it to Indiegogo, we never would have uh, seen it or gotten the books or anything. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing this time around with Astro Vengeance issue one that we didn't do last year was we actually have a planned campaign this time around for Indiegogo. So when the Kickstarter completes on October 15th, a few days later on October 19th, the Indiegogo will kick off mm -hmm. and that'll go through November 19th, right? Mm -hmm. So we have like a month on Kickstarter, a couple of days break, and then we go back on Indiegogo. But the difference is now the campaigns will be 100% the same, so or as close as possible anyway. So mm -hmm. basically everything that you see and can get on Kickstarter will offer the same thing on Indiegogo, which we did not, it was not 100%, didn't line up the last time, but mm -hmm. uh, it will this time. And, and I think we will do that going forward. And, and it's it, again, yeah, it's the money you, you want to get, you know, all the support you can, but I mean, it's also for the people that, you know, picked up the trilogy. And I mean, I'm sure what they want more as well. And I want to be sure that our fans, our new fans who I'm really happy to have uh, mm -hmm. honestly, on Indiegogo can, can, uh, you know, continue uh, their astral adventures as well. So I'm really happy to be uh, doing a, you know, sort of a, uh, 
Kickstarter first and then uh, skip a couple days and then go into Indiegogo. And I will say for people that, that maybe knew about Indiegogo, but didn't really, I mean, they thought maybe it's like the Pepsi to the Coca-Cola that was Kickstarter. <laughs> I, I've actually configured the campaigns on both platforms. And I can tell you, just about anything that Kickstarter can do, with a few exceptions, Indiegogo can can do now. So like add-ons, they have a facility for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, Indiegogo, in my opinion, props to them. They've really matured, I think, as a crowdfunding platform. So anyone who's listening to this that, uh, you know, is currently either backing projects on Kickstarter or even running Kickstarter um, uh, projects out there, uh, don't overlook Indiegogo. Uh, Indiegogo is, is terrific. It, it's a great bunch of people out there. And uh, so going forward, you know, with Astral Vengeance 1 and then with our future campaigns that we do uh, next year in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to make sure that we uh, that we host our projects on both platforms for that reason. I, I have to second that because there are things on Indiegogo that I haven't seen on Kickstarter. Uh, and I could name names, but uh, I always hate to do it when their things are done. And it's kind of frustrating when you go there and it's, you can't get it there. But there, I, there are some that are done just like you're doing. I've seen people take their Kickstarter. As soon as the Kickstarter is done, they go to Indiegogo and run one. So I think you're, you're, you're doing the smart thing. I, I've seen a couple of other series do that. So, you know, I, I think that that's the way to go. I mean, you know, hey, this is all about getting eyes on your product. That's what it is. And so. Well, sure, sure. And, and I would further say, you know, people have asked, I mean, they, I've kind of broadcast my plans out there and I've said, well, we're going to do, you know, the Kickstarter in uh, October, November, and then we pick up the Indiegogo and, and do that. Um, or I, let me back up and say that again. We're doing the Kickstarter from September, October, mm-hmm. we do the Indiegogo from October into November. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, people ask me, well, why don't you do both at the same time? And you know, mm-hmm. why are you doing one after the other, that kind of thing? And it's because, uh, you know, as the, the primary uh, person that's on those campaigns, it's interacting uh, directly with the, uh, with the fans out there. I want to be be able to focus on one platform at a time. I mean, there's definitely nothing that says that you can't do both at the same time. I mean, I guess if you wanted to, in theory, you could run both campaigns on the same dates. You know, you could have a Kickstarter. Uh, personally, I don't recommend that. I, I think it's better just to focus on one and then the other. That's how I would do it. That's how, that's how we are doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you certainly could if you wanted to. I, mean, I, I don't think the two platforms care if you're running the same project on both of them at the same time. No. I've never heard that they would. So I, I wouldn't because, you know, think of all the effort you have to put into a Kickstarter. Yeah, exactly. And then you got to do it for another platform at the same time. You know, then the old uh, thing that you have to, re- you know, you refresh the screen to see is anybody – you know, done it, and then you have the the what I call the Kickstarter heart attack when you refresh, and nobody has has backed you in a little while, and then you go, oh no, it's done. I'm never going to get anything. Well, I would do that. It's it's too. It's. Uh it's the personal, I think you can give more personal interaction mm-hmm. and that's really what these independent productions are all about. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we've, we've, I've been on here. I don't know. This is like the third or fourth time I've been on the podcast here and, mm-hmm. and I love coming here, but mm-hmm. I think I've always said it. I mean, the, the major advantage that the independent uh, publishers and, and small publishers like, like me, for example, and, and the others out there, mm-hmm. uh, the major advantage we have over the big shops is at least until our fan bases get, you know, way huge, which of course you always hope for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, until that happens, you can really 
be, have that you know, uh, personal one-on-one uh, yeah. interaction with the fans. And I think that's what you can do. You can do more of that if you're doing your Kickstarter first and then your mm-hmm. Indiegogo next. You, you have a chance more to focus on that interpersonal uh, interaction between uh, you and the people that are you know, uh, messaging you or asking you questions and stuff. It's, it's a much more personal touch. And I mm-hmm. enjoy doing that. I mean, that's why I'm in the independent uh, comic production business anyway, is to, mm-hmm. to be able to have that close personal relationship and interaction with the yeah. with the fans and, and, and the backers and that's why i'm running the two campaigns you know separately is to, to be able to to focus on each one at a time and have more of that personal fan interaction mm-hmm. which is great now is there a reason why you do the kickstarter first i think it's just because i mean there really isn't i think maybe it's just because when we started, oh my gosh, I think it was 2017, 2017, I think was the first campaign for uh, mm-hmm. Astral Genesis. My God, mm-hmm. has it really been that long? I can't <laughs> believe it's been that long. I don't even remember it, but mm-hmm. I think what it was is originally we had, we had those September slash October uh, dates carved out mm-hmm. uh, for Genesis mm-hmm. and the dates worked out so well, we, we mm-hmm. just took approximately you know the same date range uh the next time we did it for evolution Mm -hmm. and then for alliance uh which was the the one we did last year Mm -hmm. uh we just kept the same dates and then Mm -hmm. we ran the kickstarter excuse me the indiegogo after uh the kickstarter so Mm -hmm. we had the kickstarter always going from september into october and then just Mm -hmm. because i wanted to do one after the other like i said to focus we did the the Indiegogo, you know, after the Kickstarter ended, so it was mm-hmm. October into November, mm-hmm. and again, the, it, it seemed to work fine for Indiegogo. We, we got mm-hmm. a lot of uh, backers, and so it seemed mm-hmm. to be very successful. So we just kept wow. the same dates around uh, this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. just because the Kickstarter for Astral has always traditionally been from mid September to mid October, and then last mm-hmm. year our Indiegogo was mid October to mid November, and it, mm-hmm. it's always worked. It's never not worked. So. We just kind of kept to that. Yeah, don't mess with success. <laughs> right. Don't, yeah, if, if, it were, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, that's, that's what right. everybody says. So. That's what you do. And people think, you know, well, you know, September's rolling around. It must be time for another Astral Kickstarter. That's right. <laughs> See, remember, comics are habitual. Right. You know, people go <laughs> on true. Wednesdays to buy comics and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of our existence is done by habit. And it's, it's very addictive. It's very habit-forming. Yeah. I completely agree. Well, if the certain time of the year comes and you expect a book to come, and so you're like, where is that book? I know there's a book coming. So I think that's a, you know, you've got a smart thing to do, and that's the way to do it is, uh, you know, if it's successful, keep it going. Yeah, sure. And you know, we hey. don't want to get out of here without mentioning uh, to everyone who's still listening at this point, which if you're still listening to us uh, through all this time, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, don't can't forget the freebies. So uh, mm-hmm. I do want to tell everyone that whether you're looking at the Kickstarter campaign page or if you're listening to this more in October, November timetable and you're probably looking at the, the Indiegogo uh, page, uh, you can always, there's a green button in there that says, click this green button to download a free, uh, full, you know, digital version of Astral Genesis graphic novel. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can get a freebie just by doing that. So mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone, if you're um, not familiar with Astral and you want to see how it all started in Astral Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, I do offer that. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the first uh, graphic novel, completely free, 100%, uh, cover to cover, nothing omitted from it, uh, just by clicking on on that you got to find that green button you got to scroll down the page and, and find it but uh if you click that you can get it absolutely 100 percent free uh no questions asked no catch 
Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. So that's a good idea to allow people to sample it. Sure. Some people, sure. some people, they want to look at, especially if they're gonna, if you're doing like a single issue, it may be different than a graphic novel. But if you can make it available so people can look at it and figure out, hey, I like this. Let me let me get the, because I'm that way. That's why I want the hardcover because I love the books. I want to have a good copy to keep, you know, and that's what that's all about. So I want all those. So. That's true. And you know, initially, uh, initially, I think we just had like a like a 30 or 40 page uh, sampler when it was earlier in the series. But now mm-hmm. that we've got, you know, we're going on our fourth book now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see no problem with, you know, giving away the complete first uh, graphic novel, the first adventure, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, having a story from beginning to end uh, that people can read and really get into the characters and get to know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's much more valuable and much more satisfying uh, for people. And I, I truly believe, I mean, I wouldn't do it unless I truly believe that the people who would read Astral Genesis would absolutely fall in love with the characters as I have and, and mm-hmm. Wayne, you have over the years mm-hmm. and, and want mm-hmm. to uh, want to read more books in the series. And we certainly mm-hmm. have that. So to everyone who out there who's uh, downloaded Astral Genesis and read it, thank you for your interest and thank you for for reading our stories and certainly uh anyone who's ever um, bought the series or you know bought the books uh, i mean i can't tell you how thankful my team and i are uh for, for you out there supporting us i mean same thing with the kickstarter and indiegogo backers you know no matter where you got our books whether it's crowdfunding comic shop you know mail order wherever uh i mean i i just can't i don't have the words to say how thankful we are that you're supporting our series because uh, you know wayne it's really uh it's really come down to the fans uh that make it uh, possible for these independent productions to continue and i can tell you there's no way there's absolutely no way we would have ever gotten as far as astral vengeance without the fans and backers supporting Mm -hmm. the series so thank you well, believe me, it's, uh, I like to support quality, and so it's really easy with your books. Well, I appreciate they're just, that. They're great books. Now, I got a, uh, one thing. That, the way that I came across your books first was at a convention or like a little convention at uh, Acme Comics in, Lo- I think, Longwood, yeah. Florida was mm-hmm. in there. So I, I'm just sort of curious, uh, given the current climate of things, are you doing signings in conventions or are you holding off for 2022 for that? Well, no, that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I really wanted to hit that topic if we had time. So let's talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. So this is what I've seen. And I mean, your mileage may differ. I mean, it's different <laughs> parts of the country, uh, obviously, uh, a little bit different uh, uh, happenings right now. But, uh, you know, I'm in the southeast. Uh, Astral uh, Pet Piranha Galactic Headquarters is, uh, or I should say Intergalactic Headquarters, <laughs> is, is Jacksonville, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I've done a lot of conventions in the southeast. That's mainly where I, you know, where I can drive to. I, have, I haven't uh, done much flying, but I can tell you what we saw was everything was normal. You know, lots of conventions going on. 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Then 2020 hit, and I want to say the last convention we did in 2020 was Space Coast Comic Con. I'm pretty sure that was the last one we did. It might have been Collective Con the month after that. One of those two mm-hmm. things, Collective Con. But then that's whenever. No, we didn't. They because that's when the COVID hit. So uh, mm-hmm. we did not do that one. We deferred on that one. So, and then there weren't, I mean, the conventions were being delayed and deferred mm-hmm. and, and everything. And, you know, the way the conventions work, you probably remember this, Wayne. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they just because of the way the economics and logistics work with conventions, they really couldn't refund people's money. Mm-mm. Thank goodness the venues, a lot of them let, you know, let the scheduling slip 
instead mm-hmm. of saying, well, you forfeit the money, which would have killed mm-hmm. the conventions. Mm-hmm. So props to the venues who worked with the convention organizers to do that. But you know what happened, Wayne. I mean, we, we had almost nothing after February 2020. Mm-hmm. Everything went mm-hmm. virtual or it got delayed and pushed forward. Mm-hmm. And then when we got into this year, 2021, things kind of pick, start picking back up a little bit. I did, uh, I mean, obviously a lot more in 2021 uh, mm-hmm. conventions than I ever did in, in 2020, just because mm-hmm. we only did a couple at the first first couple of months and then it was, you know, canceled Over. essentially for the rest <laughs> of the year. Right. So yeah, there have been quite a few this year. I just got done doing a stretch. I did uh, Ocala Comic Con and I just got mm-hmm. done doing Daytona Beach Comic Con at the mm-hmm. Volusia County Fairgrounds. And that, that's another mm-hmm. one that got a little weird because, you know, everyone who's gone to Daytona Beach knows it's usually at the ICI Emory Riddle uh, Center, but it, we had mm-hmm. to move it to uh, Volusia County Fairgrounds because the educational centers were shutting down, right? So that mm-hmm. venue went away. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a little, little strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I've hit some uh, early in the year as, as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, quite a few uh, came up. But then, you know, now everybody's talking about, you know, variants of the. <laughs> you know the the virus out there, and mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden, what what I'm seeing, I don't know if you're seeing it. I guess it depends on the region of the country that you're in, but uh, things are kind of cooling off again, and, and cons are getting uh, canceled or, or delayed again. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeing is, so this kind of brings you all the full circle to the question you asked me, which is mm-hmm. how are the cons going now. Mm-hmm. And and sure, you know we had a bunch during 2021, and I've I've got a couple scheduled for early next year, January, February again, mm-hmm. but then weirdly or it's January, February, March. I think I got all through the first quarter of 2022. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you know, normally I, I would be reaching out or having emails with the organizers for like April, May, June, going into the summer by now mm-hmm. and nothing. It, it's mm-hmm. been quiet, you know, <laughs> and I'm trying to find out, you know, are they booking the venues? Uh, are they uh, locking in the dates? I can't find any evidence that they are. So <laughs> it looks to me like it's kind of everyone, they're not, they're not willing to say it's canceled or it's delayed, but no one's saying anything. It's like everything mm-hmm. went dead. There's a black hole. And I think Wayne, what it is, I think it's just people waiting to see what's going to happen. You know, is, is, mm-hmm. are we going to have more variants out there of, you know, the malady that are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, causing problems and, and mm-hmm. having issues with large amounts of people getting together? Because if that happens, I think you might see a repeat of 2020, in mm. 2022 where there might mm. be a lack of physical you know conventions because you don't want to get a bunch of people together when you have a highly transmissible bug and all that but th- mm. th- that's what i'm seeing so I, i'm i'm good through like first quarter of 2022 on conventions but then mm-hmm. after that it's not that i wouldn't book them it's that mm-hmm. i just they're just not out there no one's talking yet so i i don't know what's going on to be honest well there's there's two uh, my friend Richard Rivera, he's going to New York Comic Con. They're holding that in the in the same venue that they usually have it up the Javits Center up there. And they're doing mm-hmm. that and he got a, a table in the artist alley. Okay. Last time we were there two years ago, we almost sold out of everything that we took, which was a wow. great thing. That's and crazy. so we were anxious to go up there. Unfortunately it may be that I won't get to go with him. Um, but uh, he's going to go up there. And the other thing that's going on that I'm puzzling over is San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which they're holding on Thanksgiving weekend. That's so crazy. And that, that's just nuts, isn't it? I, I, I just I'm don't puzzled. have to think about that. I, I don't know. I'm like, 
I, I, I'm not sure who's going to actually go to that. I, you know, because see, Thanksgiving is usually time when families get together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, if if you, uh, unless you're a sci-fi fan or a comics family, you're likely not going to want to spend the whole weekend out in San Diego. Well, you you would either have to be a a major comics and pop culture and movie mm-hmm. fan, or you'd really have to hate your family. <laughs> <laughs> Any reason to get away would be worth it. That I, I guess so, you know, but yeah, that's really strange. That's so know, I'm, what's going on I'm not convinced that's actually going to happen yet. I'm going to wait and see, but you know, I, I'd love to go to New York. You know, I mean, Richard's been doing, he was at the one that you were uh, up at Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him there. And there's several people doing there. And I mean, there are people going around seeing cons in Atlanta and cons in Dallas and cons in, they're all over the place. People are going all over doing conventions. And, you know, you you do the social distancing and you wear the masks and stuff like that. Yeah. I I just got my booster shot. So I am, and that's what makes me sad. I probably not going to get to New York because I'm, Mm. I'm actually protected. I could go there and, you know, I'd wear my mask, but I'd be like, hey, what variant? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> I've got, yeah. got my booster shot, so I'm boosted. Yeah, and, but, and you know, yeah. uh, in terms of like the conventions themselves, I mean, I didn't really get into how, how they were, but uh, right. I did see Richard at Ocala. He was at Ocala, and then I mm-hmm. saw him the other week at Daytona. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the conventions, at least for me, I can only speak for myself. They've been a little up and down, but I'll say mm-hmm. uh, we did Tallahassee over the summer. We did mm-hmm. – uh, Cairo, or excuse me, Cairo, Georgia, um, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of July, mm-hmm. and uh, those conventions were popping pretty good. I mean, those were good ones. Ocala mm-hmm. was extremely good. We sold out mm-hmm. at Ocala, and mm-hmm. then Daytona, eh, you know, not so hot mm-hmm. for me, but you know, a lot of people did mm-hmm. well, and I didn't do mm-hmm. bad. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like people are back. They're, they're buying stuff. It mm-hmm. hasn't really been, you know, since we came back from all this in 2021. Since 2020, mm-hmm. I can't say I've had a bad convention. I mean, I've mm-hmm. had some that were so-so, but Mm-hmm. Nothing that I would say really bad. So you know, it's, I guess that's good. Yeah. See, New York interests me because that that's my favorite convention. Sure, sure. I, I so much. I, I go there and I find people. I talk with people about for the podcast. I set up people. I I come across stuff I've never heard of before that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So if I can't get to go, I'm going to be really disappointed. But looking right now, I'm not going to make it. But oh, sorry, uh, Richard will still go. So he might if I if I tell him, hey, look for this and look for that. But you know, you you come across in the aisles and you see something that you didn't know was there. And that's the kind of thing I love about New York. I I there's just especially Artist Alley. My Gosh, that's an amazing artist alley. Shouldn't call it artist alley because there's like writers, like Richards as a writer, so he was he's not really an artist. But mm-hmm. I, I would like to see it called Creators Alley or something. Yeah, like yeah. Or that's why it's, like. it's almost like a celebrity Creators Alley with yeah, or some because <laughs> you know it, it's, the artist alley to me makes the, and and a lot of people go there looking for art. And that's that's fine, but there's a lot of people like like I said, we went there and we were we had a, a Stabity Ever After, which was like a spinoff of Stabity Bunny. We sold through that a couple of times. We had these display copies, and we kept putting the display copies out. And they say, "Well, can we buy that?" And we we're like, "Well, yeah, I guess it's kind of beat up. We'll take it." Yeah, I know, right? I know. Okay. <laughs> we, we did that twice or three times. We, we sure. sold through the display copies, and we were like, holy smoke. <laughs> yeah. We're not used to that. <laughs> I know. So that was something really special. So as far as New York goes, I I hope it's a success because I'd like to see that convention. 
Yeah, Particularly yeah. that one continue. I like to see that. Certainly. And same thing here. I mean, I, I love seeing the fans. I'm glad the fans have come back, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad to see it. I hope we don't have to have another slowdown in 2022. I mm-hmm. mean, I certainly don't want to, mm-hmm. although I, I probably, you know, just from my own perspective, because we're, we're almost certainly going to be doing more next year with the, the crowdfunding on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to impact our convention appearances. It might scale them back just a bit. So we might not do as much next year anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, we're definitely going to focus on the crowdfunding because that's been so successful. Mm-hmm. And, now, and you know, with the crowdfunding, sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, that's okay. to cut you off there, but I'm just going to mention you know, with the crowdfunding, you can do a lot more like we just did uh, this past week. It's over now, but RB white did a limited cover for us uh, with Lila. Uh, mm-hmm. looks pretty hot, you know, and uh, he mm-hmm. was running a campaign for his art book. So mm-hmm. it gave us an opportunity to do like a promotional with him where if you pledge his art book and you pledge, you know, his cover on Astro Vengeance, you can get $10 mm-hmm. off your pledge. Mm-hmm. And I should mention we're doing the same thing. And this one should currently be going on uh, as long as our Kickstarter is up when your listeners are, are hearing it. Mm-hmm. But we're doing one with Bill Walco too, since he did Galaxy Gal and he did the Punisher mm-hmm. cover for us. Uh, if you pledge, you know, Bill's cover uh, with our Astro Vengeance campaign, you pledge for one of his uh, hero business uh, print books get five mm-hmm. bucks off so i mean we can wow. work those promotionals probably be doing a few more which is something that it's a lot more challenging i think to do at the at the physical you know conventions but well the, the thing that's important for people to know is how to keep track of what you're up to and the way to do that i think is social media how do we follow and know that if you're going to do con appearances if you're going to signings uh kickstarters how do we keep up with you on those things Oh, sure. Well, I mean, you know, best way is to hit the website. So I've got a couple of redirects to that. So PetPiranhaEntertainment.com, of course, uh, probably one of the only creators that picked a a representative animal like a piranha that nobody knows how to spell. So we've got a bunch of redirects. So um, AstralGenesis.com, if you just go to AstralGenesis.com, you hit our webpage. And I did the same thing because, and hopefully I'm not giving too much away here, but I did mention we're looking at maybe doing a, a spin-off comic next year for uh, Galaxy Gal. So another mm-hmm. one that redirects to our same website is galaxygalcomic.com. So Ooh, those cool. three redirects uh, will put you to the same place. And then we got the banners up. We got the uh, uh, buttons that straight link to the crowdfunders. Mm-hmm. And then there's like uh, menu items where you can click to buy books on our uh, merchant site, which is Shop Pet Piranha. Mm-hmm. And there's also a menu item for appearances. And so if you click on appearances, that's got my schedule on it, shows where mm-hmm. we're going to be. Uh, so you can keep us uh, cool. keep up with us uh, there. Yeah. Very cool. All kind of good stuff. Well, it's, again, it's Astral Vengeance, issue number one. Um, as we're speaking, you've already passed the amount you needed, which is a great success. So congrats on that. Thank you. And uh, uh, this is all going to conclude by Friday, October 15th, 11 p.m. And then you're going to, you said four days later, you're going to have an Indiegogo going on. Yes. But I wouldn't wait for the Indiegogo, though. <laughs> I would get it in the Kickstarter. Let's get Let's get it done now. Well, we can. So go to the Kickstarter and do that. But, hey, if you want to go to Indiegogo, sure. Let's let's have that be a big success, too. I think that would be a good thing because this is a great book. Thank you. So uh, all I can tell you is, Jay, just keep it up, doing wonderful stuff. And keep how how many – I hope you do a whole bunch of uh, astral graphic novels and stories after this one because I really enjoy them. 
Well, we're certainly planning on it, so we're not going to disappoint uh, in that area if if I have anything to say about it anyway. Uh, but before we go, uh, I did want to just say thank you, Wayne, to you for having me back on again. This is like the fourth or I can't lost track of how many times I've been here, but I always have a good time with you. So <laughs> thanks for having me on, and I want to be sure and thank all your listeners that have uh, uh, bared with us all the way to this point. Uh, it's really good to connect with people, and it's uh, it's really a thrill to be here with you and, and have all your listeners. Uh, uh, hearing all about Astral, and and thanks for letting me uh, shamelessly promote once again on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. that's it for this episode. Be back next time I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics.